0: I really wanted to talk about quarterbacks and recruiting today, but conference realignment giveth, conference realignment taketh away, and somebody, somebody is bold-faced lying to you purposely on a daily basis. You are Locked On
1: Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Howdy y'all and hello all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things Cowboy and Cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You can find me on Twitter at Aldeo State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. And we are back with another Big 12 Mafia Monday. Nathan, how are you feeling today, brother man?
1: Uh, I'm doing good. I had a good weekend. Uh, the weather's finally turned here in Utah. So we actually got some sunny weather. It's not snowing or raining anymore. So uh, yeah, no, it was it a was good weekend.
0: Hopefully we've turned the corner and we can start matriculating into some semblance of summer. That would be nice.
1: Right, It, right. it would
0: be very, very nice. All right, man. So we're just going to get right into it. You saw the, the numbers right, that just came out a couple days ago in regards to the, the, the total revenue share. And if you right. noticed, um, obviously, Big Ten was number one with right around $860 million. Um, And then, obviously, the SEC was a little while under that. And then, if you look at all the publications out there, the national, quote-unquote, media, that is completely unbiased, you're seeing people pump up and down from coast to coast that the Big 12 is in last place in total revenue. Right. And then some people are accusing Big 12 media of lying to our fan base every day. I've been told multiple times today, we need to stop presenting this fallacy that the Big 12 is in a good position. We need to stop presenting information that shows that the Big 12 is in a really good footing. We need to stop producing evidence that indicates the Big 12 is the third conference by a mile. Yet here we are. And this fun little thing called mathematics, right? I went to the school for ki- kids can't read good, but I can count a little bit. And um, the math ain't math in there, right? right? Because when you divide it up by school, the Big 12 actually comes in third place by quite a bit, right? I think we're 44.6 million per school. right? Uh, and then the ACC, I think, is, what was it, 37 or 38.9? 38, I think, yeah. And then the pack at the very bottom where they belong is just under thirty-seven million per school, right? Right. Yes. And then the, the the most ironic thing to me that people s- seem to just gloss over. Can you tell me any other conference anywhere at any point in time that ended up gaining more money when they lose their blue blood programs? How does how does this happen?
1: Well, it happens because you pick up the best four available and they actually uh, contribute substantially, Substantially, I can't say that word, for the league. So the Big 12 actually is a net gain versus when you normally add from G5, let's just count Mm -hmm. that. Uh, These are schools that can't get their own immediate deals that have a really hard time drawing their attendance is, isn't good look at our attendance in the big 12 it, as an average it's like second highest behind the sec so it, it's not an attendance issue it's not a visibility issue it really comes down to the dollar amounts per capita uh, big 12 is third if you do go on gross which doesn't account for number of teams or anything like that then the number is the the last one but That's not how math works when you're dealing with averages. So uh, I think people in Big 12 country know the difference. And I just wanna make a real quick comment about people telling you what you should or shouldn't be reporting on. For one thing, um, we're analyzers, right? We take other people's story and very rarely will we break news. Normally we're the ones that are just sort of doing editorials and our own perceptions and, and opinions. And nobody should be able to say anything thing like that and it's ridiculous to have any anybody from any other conference telling you or for that matter anybody else in the big twelve what they should be or should should not be noting it's it's really um disingenuous and honestly in trying to to steer the narrative they're they're on honestly trying to steal information from the people who think it's important
0: well and i'm I'm actually very 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 glad you went there because it is odd, right? I understand getting advice, right? But I compared it the other day or my buddies, Jason and Trent, compared it to like when you look at the CSI type of TV shows and you see the pins with the ropes that are going everywhere to try to track somebody down. That right. is precisely what it's like for every single one of us in this industry, right? Right. You take a conversation with a player, you take a conversation with a coach, you take a conversation with a previous player, you look at some news articles, you look at some interviews, you look at some sideline reporting, and then you talk to a couple sources. And by doing so, that's how you can kind of piece together the information. And then some of it makes sense, right? When you tie all this stuff together and then the head coach says something in a meeting about certain players not living up to X, Y, and Z, then it makes sense, right? Oh, now I know what players he's talking about. Oh, now I kind of know what's going on. So it's right. like that for everybody everywhere, right? And then the more you're in the game, the more credibility you gain, the more uh, sources you get. This is just common, common sense. But that's right. the irony here, brother. It seems like more people in life should be permanently – using condoms because common sense is no longer common. I do not get it. I don't understand what is happening. Like, you just look at the basics of it. The Big 12 from a numbers game yeah. is doing better than most everybody else. The Big 12 from a availability game doing mo more than most everybody else. Right now, what Brett Yormark's trying to do with the national branding, right, going to Mexico, all that fun jazz, right? it shows that the Big 12 has a lot of strength. So my question is, Why are people, because that's the thing, man, there's people out on the the West Coast that have far more sources than I do. Right. So they have to know some of the same things we do. They have to. Like, there is no physical possible way that some of these guys are this purposely naive. I just, I don't get it, man. What do do people gain by spreading a bunch of misinformation on purpose while condemning other conferences for doing the quote-unquote same thing, what is there to gain, man?
1: Well, it's an agenda, obviously, and there are political agendas, even though it's college athletics. It's all political. It's who you know and what you what you you feel confident in putting out into the world. But at the end of the day, um, when you have these disinformation campaigns, like you meant, mentioned, uh, you know, goes back to yellow journalism in the last late 1800s early 1900s where you get a you get a story that you you're pushing an agenda you turn around and all you do is cover that side of the story there's no fair balance there at all and and i think everybody just needs to admit that nobody is the single source of source of truth and you can be told you can be told polar opposite things from two different people in the same uh, piece of information. It's up to you then to make the editorial choice, which mm-hmm. story am I going to believe? And then, uh, then try to find people that'll back up that side. If you get three, four uh, contacts with the same piece of information, now all of a sudden it's not a narrative you're spinning. It's a narrative that the data you've been able to track down is spinning. Uh, it, it's ridiculous when you have Greg Flugar has, very specific context contacts all over and he stitches together a narrative and people would disagree with it that's fine yeah, he's right. greg isn't greg isn't trying to claim he's the new york times right he's under no requirement to do and he's sort of editorializing with with truth a uh, backup or anything. He doesn't have to generate that story. He just has to repeat what he's heard in the past and decide: Is this something that I'm going to sit behind, or if I'm going to take the polar opposite view and say, "Hey, look, I have heard this, but I really
0: am thinking something else." And this is the reason why. You know what, Nathan? I knew that I was going to be a little bit fired up today, but I am greatly appreciative of of your your voice inflection today. You brought a little fire for this episode too, and I love you for it. Real quick. Have you ever tried Bill Barr, my guy? Uh, no, I have not, actually. <laughs> so like, legitimately speaking, right, obviously you, you, you get paid sponsors and things of that nature. Sure. And typically they'll send you scripts and stuff to try to go over. But there's been a couple sponsors, man, that I have to admit have not only backed their product, but done it in a bold way by like, hey, I'm going to give you this and you're going to talk about it. no script. No unnecessary added fluff and I'm telling you man Burt Dogs is legit Bill Bar's been legit from the moment that I got the job matter of fact I actually thoroughly do enjoy I get a lot of DMs from people talking about Bill Bar like to me that's cool right? right do I get do I get directly compensated no I don't but the product is actually that flipping fracking good so if you haven't tried it We've made it easy for everybody. It used to be you had to get, you know, everything from Built.com. You still can, and you can use uh, promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get yourself 15% off. But we've simplified it. You can go to Walmart, grab yourself a four-bar box, or if bulk is your cup of taters, you can go to Sam's Club and get yourself a 13-bar box. And we're talking churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. The flavors are endless. The possibilities are amazing. With 17 grams of protein, Right, which is a lot for a little for a little bar. Only right. four grams of sugar and only 130 calories, and it's covered in 100% real chocolate. Tell your people, man, Built Bar is the bee's knees. All right, brought man. <laughs> I'll pass that on, Cody. <laughs> All right, man. Um, well, no, legit, like so. When we go with like baseball tournaments and stuff, I'm right. a huge gummy bear addict. Okay, I'll admit it. Um, but now we've been adding Built Bars to when we go to baseball tournaments and stuff, and they're very, very beneficial. The baseball team, the entire high school baseball team, feels like they need to grab some out of my trunk. I don't know why that happens, but you <laughs> know what? It, it, it means something's working out right. Okay.
1: Right, of course. <laughs> Those are the best products to get behind are the ones that you have a personal testimonial about.
0: Correct. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent, man. It's it's a big deal when somebody's willing to back themselves and say, basically, I'm here to prove right. my legitimacy. Speaking of proving legitimacy. I'm new to this game, right? I've only been doing this for, for I'm on six months now, right? Okay. And I know you're pretty new to this game to some degree as well. Right. Maybe maybe somebody can let us know in the comments, but do I have this whole industry completely ace backwards? I thought that if you put out legitimate stuff that's verifiable, it will help your credibility, right? When you put out information right. that ends up being legitimate and accurate, it does nothing but help your brand, help your credibility. Which which is good, because that's typically how you make more money, honey, is when you have more people. So, if I'm an O-State fan, and let's say I start putting out information that is 100% inaccurate, and it's statistically not even close to relevancy, yeah. I would assume that people would stop listening to me.
1: All right, your credibility would completely fall through the
0: floor. Absolutely. So... I mean, do I have this backwards? Like, should I start telling my people stuff that I know is not is not true and just hoping that, that I continue to expand? It just, dude, it blows my mind. Well, it look, it, mind. at the end
1: of the day, it, what's always been assumed in journalism is that there are two sides to every story, right? In fact, yeah, most yeah, stories yeah. have 50 different sides. Yeah. And uh, I just keep pointing back to um, you can have two different people that believe polar opposite things about the same topic and both be technically right because there's so many facets to these facts that are out there that both of these people would be hooked to a lie detector and they would be telling the truth. Nothing could be proven that they were saying anything wrong, but the data is being interpreted differently because that's what humans do. They take what they've been... uh, From external sources, they collect and sort the data, then they turn around and they decide, I'm gonna make a decision on this and this is what I'm gonna believe or an action I'm gonna take. And unfortunately, especially on Twitter, um, and even with shows on YouTube, uh, if you have people that are talking about facts, but they're not backing them up with sources, that's completely different than you coming on your show, having a guest talk about a topic and then you guys both talk about something and think that you have believe something, right? Because at the end of the day, the thing that is, that is a fact that can be sussed out is usually by a journalist. Well, unfortunately, nowadays in this era of fake news, um, you can have polar opposite like Let's just take this lit latest story that came out the other day. Uh, you, have, you have a couple of very valuable um, journalists from different companies come out and say polar opposite things about the same topic. And people don't know where to don't know who to trust. They're thinking, well, who do I believe this guy or do I believe this guy? They've both been in the industry 30 years. So who's to say I should believe either one of them? That's where we have to make up our own minds and not rely on the journalist to do the work for you. You actually go out and find other data sources yourself to then come up with an uh, educated opinion.
0: Man, it's just. I don't know. I, I I really don't get it. I really do. And, and now you're hearing from the ACC side of things, right? I got several right. comments, and I know some of those same individuals will most likely be commenting in this video. So yes, this is for you. I'm hearing conversations about how the Big Twelve might be might be lucky to get Fresno State and Boise State, and and and, and I actually, dude, I like Memphis. I'm not gonna lie. I thought Memphis was a pretty good fit over Houston, but I understand Houston brought the Fertita money and the Fertita money's kind of like Boone Pickens money. It's a real right. deal. <laughs> it's true. And Memphis That's doesn't true. have that. Right. So, right. so Houston got, they got in over Memphis, but this conversation, and you're hearing from both sides, you're hearing from ACC people and PAC 12 people still to this day, right now, this very moment. Yeah, you might, you might be lucky to get Fresno state. Like I don't, Dude, I like I understand people have opinions. I myself am pretty opinionated and I don't mind getting fairly loud about things because I researched it. Right. But I just the, the disillusionment is it's very frustrating to me personally. But at well, the end of the day, um what matters is the truth, right? Yeah and none of us know exactly what's going to happen until right. it happens. But right. I would be willing to bet this job that the Big 12 has far more future viability than the Pac-12 or ACC, point-blank, period.
1: Like, right. I just... Well, and there's, it's not debatable because at the end of the day, the Big 12 is contiguous, almost coast-to-coast. And frankly, they're, they have more things in common than apart. There are a couple brands that stand out that potentially could get poached for an SEC or a Big right. 10. Yeah. But nobody's poaching to, to the ACC. Nobody's trick. poaching to the Pac-12, right? Those, though, they they still have valuable schools that could go to any conference, and as long as that's the case, they're going to be a weak link, both of them. Uh, I, I'm I don't know who the people are you're mentioning. In other words, what school they represent? But some some schools in the uh, ACC have every incentive to blow the thing up, and then you have other schools that want to hold on with. Drim death, right? They don't, they, they're a Wake Forest, for instance, not to pile on Wake Forest, but they're a brand that really isn't coveted by the Big Ten or the SEC. So they're like, well, we don't want to go anywhere. We're happy with the ACC. We want to be associated with Clemson and Florida State. Yeah. Don't chew us up and spit us out. The PAC 12, we already know that story. And so at the end of the day, um, unless something really crazy happens, like the ACC and PAC 10 merge, Um, I don't see a way that they're able to stay viable as contiguous conferences as long as the Big 12 is there as an available option. And these other schools aren't going to get poached away to these other conferences very soon.
0: And another frustrating thing for me is most of the Big 12 media punditry that I can find, we're all being pretty realistic, right? I don't don't see anybody out there carrying the flag of we're going to get Clemson. We're going to get Florida State. We're going to get Oregon. I don't see any Pac-12 punditry doing that whatsoever. Like, that's another thing that's frustrating is we're pretty realistic. We understand that there are teams that punch above the Big 12's weight. We get that. Right, right. But, I mean, Miami, like, are they probably above the Big 12's weight? Well, likely. But when you look at everything that, that applies to the factors that determine this realignment, Miami's not out of the equation. 100% 100% not out of the equation.
1: No, in fact, you have, there's any way, number of ways you can slice Pac-12 and ACC schools up, where in, let's just, the only thing that really is going to restrict what happens next is the number of schools that these big conferences to decide to size up to. If they both go to 24, let's just say nightmare scenario is both a, 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 uh, the um, Big Ten and the SEC go to 24 schools, then pretty much everything in the middle will get filtered out and there's going to be a lot of good schools, 12 to 16 tier one schools that are going to get cut out just because there's not enough seats at the table. Right. And you can end up with two conferences, but I, because of legal reasons, because the money is drying up in athletics uh, in broadcasting. It, it's almost non-existent, especially according to things like ESPN are saying, you know, we're kind of out again on the Pac-12. I'm not sure yeah. they were ever back in. Right. But at the end of the day, if they the only way that that nightmare scenario happens is if they go to 24 between them, that gives you to 48 schools and they're able to do the pick of the litter for both. But the SEC not so much the Big Ten, but the SEC has come out and said, we're good. 16 even. They've said, we're we're good. And yeah, if Clemson and Florida State were to fall to us or UNC, yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll go to 18. But they don't want to go any bigger because the pie just gets whittled down that much further, as we're seeing with the Big Ten contract now, that, that wasn't finally ratified, which means there's still some balls in the air on that.
0: Absolutely. Well, and, and the Big 12 is in a good spot simply because of the pro-rata clause. We're the right. only one, we're right. the only conference that has that clause that says you add more Power 5 teams and you do get more money. That's and if right. we were to add a San Diego State instead of a Utah, does it It doesn't automatically mean we get less money, right? Just because we added a G5. right? In our contract, it states if you add a G5, there has to be a meeting to decide whether they're worth the same weight. Yeah? Right. And in the broad scheme of things, I, I just I don't I don't know I don't know that it's gonna matter. Now you mentioned the 2014 super conferences. Did you see what the Big Ten AD was saying over the weekend in regards Nebraska to that? Nebraska from yeah. Nebraska.
1: I did, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know what he said was factual and mm-hmm. interesting. He said in the next year or two there will be more conference realignment. That's a fact. That's right. That's right. it's going to happen. Right. Now, all of us in the Big Twelve country, we feel like it's inevitable that the next big shift will involve. The Big 12. Right. Um, but the, the two 2014 Super League, we've heard that multiple times, right? Yeah. Okay, a few times. We've also heard previously that somebody like a Greg Senke could easily see the NCAA becoming obsolete and them having their own governing body. Right. I, I think that's an inevitability. The only thing that I think I differ on is because you said the revenue, the quality of teams, the landscape of the, the, the just the pageantry alone of what college football offers. I don't, I think 42 teams is too small of a pie. Well, There's think about it. How many lawsuits?
1: Cody, How many lawsuits would happen if you have a school like, um, let's just, let's just get crazy and say that for some reason, um, no, I don't want to use them. Let me. You talk about well, yeah, fine. Utah. Say say Utah got left out, right? And they weren't in the twenty. They weren't in the forty-eight. Is what we're talking about. Forty-eight schools that are in the right. the really premier tier. Utah could get together with uh, BYU, Oregon State, uh, Wake Forest, every school that's been playing a hundred years in big boy football and they could say you can't do this we're talking about education right and educate this is the biggest thing legal challenges would show up because all these schools that were left out would immediately go in and sue hey like you guys are taking federal dollars you guys are an entity tied to a school you're not a semi-pro league you cannot take and exclude everybody else and and that's bottom line because eventually what that would mean is the 133 teams that are currently playing Division One football, you'd be down to 48. So less than half of that number. In fact, a third of that number would be the team the teams that are actually playing in the upper tier. I just don't see it. Maybe maybe in 20 years, uh, but it would take a complete restructuring of the way the the uh, NC2A and all the schools operate.
0: Um, in their leagues, it doesn't make any sense, man. I've been either playing coaching or covering this wonderful game long enough to know that after about 65 teams, like legitimately, you do see a a little bit of a drop off after that. And it's always been
1: that, but that's half though, right? That's not a third, that's a full half of the number, which I think you could definitely make uh, a claim that that is reasonable, but and to just you do, say 48 is, is only a third of those schools. And, and when you compare Rutgers to Utah or Rutgers to BYU, who deserves to be playing big boy football before Rutgers or let's be really unkind and say, Illinois and Indiana and Vanderbilt. I mean, you, the list just goes on and on. I'm telling you, it's, it's a dream for the media to talk about because it's, it'll get clicks to the end of time, but, my personal opinion is I don't see how that ever happens in the next let's say 20
0: years. Yeah, I just from a financial perspective, I don't see because again, this is all about money, unfortunately. Right. That's what it is. This right. has now become a business to not only these young men, but also the presidents and the coaches and the 80s and the recruiter, everybody, right? It's a more of a business now than it ever has been before. Right. And when you're looking at it from a business perspective, a lot of this is just it's complete nonsense. Uh, it's just complete nonsense. And
1: yeah, man, again, good. like I said, it's it good clicks on. though. Right. We enjoy talking about it and, and yeah. that's what fans have done till you know, forever. And I think we should be able to continue to do that. It is fun. And I don't have any problem with people talking about it or anything, but you don't hear you or I saying, I'm taking that the next step and saying, if you're not talking about the 48 team final playoff, you're, you're going against the grain. Or a, a Pac-12 guy that says, you're talking about our league bad. Quit doing that. Quit being mean. I, I mean, it, stuff like that is nine one. Two, they don't have a problem piling on the Big 12 if the Big 12 was down, which they were in the recent past. And mm-hmm. we're throwing parties saying, sorry, you don't deserve to be in our club. Now the, the roles are reversed. All of a sudden it's, oh – you don't want those schools anyway because they suck. You don't want Arizona. You don't want Colorado. They're the worst of us. Go ahead and take them, and we'll backfill with Tulane and mm-hmm. whoever knows. And It makes no sense, but that's all they have at this point, right? ESPN is on and off, on and off. And NBC Universal, come on. Where's that money coming from? They've already been sort of stiff by the Big Ten. You think they're going to want to turn around and throw money at a dying Pac-12? I, I just don't see it.
0: Well, and you're also hearing the conversation of the ACC, the Magnificent Seven, the Great Eight, whatever you want to call them, could contractually start their own conference, which is true. That actually can happen. But the fact that people are pretending it's a viable option is ridiculous because right now there is no way in God's purple earth that ESPN wants to renegotiate the contract they have. They have a sweetheart deal.
1: They do. They don't want to pay more money what they no. can get for cheap. No. No.
0: And on top of that, if, let's say, eight teams from the ACC split off and made their own conference, if the ACC and the Pac-12 both are currently having some issues with TV revenue negotiations, what makes them think that if they cut the ACC in half, then then ESPN and Fox and Linear is going to be like, oh, well, since you left the ACC, let's sit down and talk. It's I like, think the thinking on, is man. you've – I
1: think the thinking is though Cody is you you cut off the dead meat at 8 teams. Let's say the number is 8 that decide they want to have their own league and conceivably that would that would let the Pac-12 schools that want to just be the top 6 or top top 8 to get rid of the schools they don't want, which are right now we all know it's Washington State and Oregon State. So it would give them an excuse to lo- take those brands off which then conceivably could buoy their value because less is more. So at the end of the day, there is some logic to their thinking. I just think that uh, the whole idea that, for instance, let's say the Pac-12 uh, is going to blow up and they're going to join with the ACC, these other eight teams that have gone away, and they're but they're also going to keep Oregon State and Washington State intact. I just, I don't believe it because it would defeat, defeat the purpose. It, 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 for them to stay on, after they just got rid of Wake Forest and whoever else is on that end that they want to get rid of, yeah. they're going to want to now start a league and have the other bottom dwellers, con- conceivable bottom dwellers out of right. that Pac-12. Come on. That, that doesn't make any sense. So they go. They're selling loyalty, right? Pac- Pac-10 is loyal, loyal, loyal. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to blow the thing up. We're going to drop the two least valuable schools, and we're going to join up with the other most powerful schools from the ACC. The whole thing, if if that happens, that's true. Then you got lies going all over and and people are are honestly being not only being lied to, but they're kind of sleepwalking, not trying to control their own destiny.
0: I absolutely love it, brother man. I really do. And you know what? I love the, uh, the, the full circle here because again, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Somebody somewhere is lying to you. If you're listening to this, somewhere, somebody is bold-faced lying to you. It's either us in the Big 12, people in the Pac-12, or people in the ACC. There's there's no in-between, right? Like you said, you can have completely different views, but at the end of the day, we will all find out soon enough, right? Right. If we find out in the next two years that the Pac-12 is losing four teams, then, uh, yeah, then you you know the answer to that question. Same goes for ACC. If you find out in the next year or two that the ACC is in fact falling apart, then again, you have your answer. But on the flip side of that, right? Same goes. If all of a sudden the Big Twelve implodes and you start seeing Big Twelve teams leave for other conferences, right. then um, then that means that I lied to your face. It, it's it's going to be one one of the two. And I don't
1: I don't agree with that. You're you're not lying. You're not going out of your way to spin a narrative that is the exact opposite of of somebody else's narrative. And you're doing it on purpose because you're um, not a nice person. Uh, that's not what your intent is. If you end up saying stuff that turns out being wrong, say, oh, sorry, got it wrong. Turn the page and let's move on. You're not you. You personally are not going to be held accountable to what uh, what happens in an athletic conference in in, a, in uh, the United States that everybody has an opinion about. And honestly, again, just throw in the Big Ten and what happened over the weekend. We now find out what has been reported for the last 11 months isn't true, that the contract still hadn't been signed and, and all the dates and times for late season football games hadn't been settled in fact there are some schools now in the big 10 saying hey we were lied to there's no way like an ohio state is going to play a late third you know late uh, saturday game in november in um at usc they're not going to do that because all their people are in bed they want to play daytime games and they want to be playing in in times that are most appreciative for the things they want they could care less about the schools they're playing against yep so are, are, are all the people that reported on the media deal for the Big Ten, have they been lying all this time? No, there was part of the story that was underreported that is, again, being raised raised up again. But that doesn't mean that people, when they've been talking about it all along, it's been sort of, you know, uh, a, a codified uh, message that they're sending out, uh, you know, sort of per a formula.
0: Well, you're a very nice individual, um, I, oh. I, I, I could learn some, some nicety from you. I personally, um, yeah, I'm not hearing anything positive about the PAC 12 situation. So I would bet my car, I would bet my house and I'd bet my $60,000 prosthetic leg that the big 12 adds more teams before the PAC 12 or anybody else, uh, has any viability left. I, I think, I think
1: you're right. I mean, it, it, at this point, and I just I continue to use Utah because uh, they, they put themselves out there as the biggest advocate for the Pac-12. I mm-hmm. would I would hazard, I would hazard a guess that that means that they'd had the biggest lies told them, to them this entire time. They they're the they're the advocates so much so that they're ahead of the Oregon's and Washington's and Stanford's yeah. and Cal's the the blue bloods that are in the conference. And Utah's doing been doing the sales work for them. Why is that? Because they knew by putting Utah out, if it ended up blowing up, all they would do is, was blame Utah. They'd be Mm -hmm. like, Hey man, we didn't, we weren't out there championing this thing every time we thought we thought the conference could blow up. Meanwhile, uh, Utah's holding the bag. So, um, and I've said this for about two weeks now, they're not dumb up on the Hill in Salt Lake. And it would not be, it would not surprise me if they're starting to look around and realize Washington, Oregon, Cal, and Stanford do not have their backs. Uh, even if Stanford continues to hold out and doesn't want to share their their um, education and research dollars and resources with, say, Utah, uh, are they going to be any worse for the wear? Because at the end of the day, there's a big rumor right now that says if Notre Dame joins tomorrow to the Big Ten, they'll bring Stanford with them. It won't be Oregon, and it won't be Washington even. So, yeah. they, so, so now if, The standard bearer for education almost in the country is the one that you've been hitching your to the coattails, trying to scoop up all the stuff that they drop, and you want to get their scraps, is all of a sudden gone. Now, there is no loyalty, and I think it's being proved out that what the people from the Big 12 have been saying since July is that these schools have had their eye out and Now's the time for them to get a little more pragmatism and, and say, we need to look after ourselves because it doesn't seem to me like
0: anybody's got their back. I love it, man. Well, before we skedaddle on out of here, I got one more question for you. Okay. If you're Brett Yormark, who are the four teams you are inviting tomorrow? Uh, who
1: do I have access? Do I have access to Oregon and Washington? Yeah. Okay, then it's Oregon, Washington, and it's Utah and Arizona State.
0: Okay, I feel like that is a very politically correct answer uh, on your part. <laughs> it's not. I honestly believe it. I, I think. I think the whole league would be helped by having Utah in the league. I would, uh, if I'm Brett Mark tomorrow. I offer Arizona, Colorado, Louisville, and probably Miami. Uh, oh, you were talking about ACC as well. I'm sorry.
1: All I thought we were just country. talking
0: about Pac-12. All over the country. You could get anybody in those two leagues? Yeah. Okay, I would, I would do Oregon and well, Washington. Than, other than the obvious. Like, we're not getting Florida State. We're not getting Clemson.
1: You know what I mean? Uh, okay, so then I, I would definitely take Oregon and Washington. Um, and we need two travel partners for West Virginia to make Coos uh, happy. So uh, it could be any uh, – Pitt. Pitt like would be Pitt. huge. And then, from what I understand, and I'm not from that part of the country, I'm only thinking of what I know in history. I think Louisville's close, right? North Carolina. And I'm would pretty be a sure, steal.
0: pretty sure. West Virginia and Virginia Tech. Uh,
1: they right. don't
0: like very much.
1: But if you have a choice between Virginia Tech and and UNC, oh yeah, I'm you Carolina. have to take North Carolina. Yeah, but yeah. but I'm a I'm just gonna assume. In fact, I was. I heard somebody say last week that North Carolina's got an open invite already to the Big Ten. Now that may or may not be a huge rumor, but it it stands to reason because they're very coveted. So yeah,
0: I've never. um, Again, being fairly realistic, I've never considered North Carolina as much of a Big Twelve possibility. I mean, I guess it is, but I, I, I feel like Miami would be a easier get than North Carolina for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pit in Miami. Then,
1: it, if we have a chance to get it. in Florida and, and, and take Miami, I would take it.
0: Mm-hmm. Lots well, of good
1: i jump at it, actually. I'm
0: sure UCF fans would be so excited.
1: Hey, wait a second. I've been told nothing for the last year that UCF's going to beat them all anyway. Yeah. Of with course. the more money that they're getting from the Big 12
0: already, that they're planning on passing well, Florida and, and they're passing on Florida. I will, State. I will, and, I will be honest. I know in the last, like, three months alone, I, I it may be longer than that, but I've heard from UCF fans that they've beat, like, Florida, Florida State, Miami, everybody in Florida uh, over the last couple of years in multiple sports. So, UCF, yeah. you know what I mean? They're nipping on the heels. Um, so, I mean, I'm a fan. They're just not – Tampa's not very sexy. Right. Gotcha.
1: Uh, I mean, if you could go to Miami or Tampa, I think most people would take Miami. But
0: <laughs> All right, brother, man. Well, this is a, another Big 12 Mafia Mondays. Everybody make sure that you go check out Nathan Bomber Brown, Big 12 Mafia. He does a lot of stuff. What's it the Unholy Wars?
1: The, the Unholy, it is. The, it's yeah. the Holy Rivals.
0: Oh, okay. Holy. Rivals. And it's the Holy
1: War is the event. That's Utah BYU.
0: Oh, I knew about the Holy War. But, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. The Holy I, Rivals I, is the site I created with the Wild okay. Ute. And yeah. uh, we're doing a couple shows a week. He's fantastic. I know, and, man.
0: Shout out to that guy. I wish yeah. I wish 85 percent of the Utah fan base was as reasonable as understanding as that gentleman.
1: I like to think like I discovered him. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Since we started doing the show, he's got nothing but props from everybody. So I, yeah, I, no, he's, I, he's hope, awesome. I hope I hope that's because of me.
0: Yeah. It, well, he <laughs> called in. I mean, I didn't know who he was. But he called in when I was on the Mark Rogers show and he had a lot of really cool oh. stuff to say. Yeah, no, it, he's uh he's very smart. Yeah. I dig and, it. Well, you know and what? I, maybe... And I hope we get him in, a, in a, as a league game again. There you go. Well, you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe twist his arm a little bit and we'll jump on a little three-way conversation. One of these days, other than that, well, you could come on our show anytime too easy, brother.
1: It's it an is. open, it's Y'all an open it invitation. Here. We, we, we do Saturday afternoons and uh monday evenings i dig it so all right brother open open invite you send me a message i'll send you the link so you'll be on with him tonight correct yeah
0: we're, we're planning on uh seven central okay all right i'll see if i can't finagle some stuff around for you brother yeah just send me a message let me know too easy too all easy right. brother man all right buddy thank you very much for your time everybody got, say hello peace out. to nathan everybody say goodbye to mr nathan See you later, Cody. Thank you. Later, buddy. And, guys, I think that's all we got for this one. Pretty simplistic. It is what it is. As always, I love you all. God bless. Go, Pokes. Hopefully we win our super regional. We got the Oregon Ducks coming to town. All right. Later, y'all. Thank you for making this your first listen here on On Oklahoma State.